morning I want to start up a series. It's a series that I really, really enjoy preaching. We're going to talk about the cross of Christ. The cross of Christ. And uh, this morning, as part one of the message, just kind of as an introduction to it, I want to talk about the centrality of the cross of Christ. And then we're going to develop this whole series and, and try to understand what the cross of Jesus does for us today and so on. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We will use this as our main text for this entire series. The cross of Christ, part 1, the centrality of the cross. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 17 to 25. Paul writes, he says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. For it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For the Jews request a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews a stumbling block. To the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Amen. What Paul is telling us in this passage, which we will use as a foundation text to begin this series on the cross of Christ, what Paul is saying is that the central message of the church is the message of the cross of Christ. This is the main message. Our entire faith hinges on the cross of Jesus Christ. And here's how he goes about talking about this. He says in verse 17, you know, Jesus didn't send me to baptize people. Now, Paul believed in water baptism and he did baptize a few people. But he said, that's not the main goal of my ministry or the main thrust or focus of my ministry. Jesus Christ didn't send me to baptize but to preach the gospel. I have to proclaim the gospel. And then he begins to explain to us what this is. And he tells us some of the nuances of preaching the gospel. He says, not with wisdom of words. When we preach, our strength is not the words we use. The high sounding words, the words, you know, intellectual words. He says, you know, I am here to preach the gospel not with words of man's wisdom. 
unfortunately in today's church and in the modern church and, and the postmodern church, if you like to call it, the church has placed so much emphasis on how you communicate. Use the right words. But Paul says, you know, that's not my focus because I do not want to make the cross of Christ of no effect. Because it's not the choice of words that can save a soul. It's the cross of Christ that can wash away sins. It's the cross of Jesus that delivers the soul. You can have the right words but not preach the cross and all the whole congregation ends up in hell. Why? Because you used the right words but you didn't preach the right message. He says, God sent me to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words. Lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross. So what is the gospel? The gospel is the message of the cross. Amen. In our churches around the world today, we have pulpits that preach good news, but it is not good news. It sounds good to the ears, but there is no preaching of the cross in that message. And if there is no preaching of the cross in the message, it is not the gospel. Can you say amen? People may feel good because you preach the good message. People may feel good because you empalm them psychologically, but if it does not preach the message of the cross, it is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul said, God sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with words of man's wisdom, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. Almost telling us that sometimes our intellectual words nullify the power of the cross that is supposed to come through the preaching. Sometimes we get so, so wrapped up in psychology that the psychology nullifies the cross. There is more psychology coming out from the pulpits than the message of the cross these days. We need to get back to the centrality of the word of God and our faith, which is the message of the cross. Amen. He says, verse 18, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Why aren't pulpits preaching the message of the cross? Because it's not appealing anymore. It's foolishness. I'd rather hear a motivational feel-good message on Sunday morning than hear somebody tell me that Jesus Christ died for my sins and because of that I cannot sin anymore than rather to hear that Jesus Christ suffered and died on the cross to deliver me from my bondages. I'd rather hear a psychology message than hear the preaching of the cross. Why? Because the message of the cross is unappealing. It's foolishness. But let's get it straight. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. This message is the power of God. If you're not preaching the cross, you're giving people a facelift, but nothing's changing in their hearts. Because only when you preach the cross of Jesus and tell people that you need to believe in the cross... It is the message of the cross which is the power of God. It is that message that can change the heart. It is that message that can deliver the hell-bound soul. It is that message that can drive out devils and heal the sick and set the captives free. For us who believe this message is the power of God. So many pulpits are robbing people of the genuine power of God giving them a, a, a less 
a diluted psychology message, a feel-good motivational Sunday morning inspiration message. Keep them happy for the rest of the week so that they come back next Sunday. But there is no preaching of the cross of Jesus and we have robbed people of the true power of God because the power of God comes through the cross of Jesus Christ. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Verse 21. For since in the wisdom of God, this is God's wisdom. What is it? The world through wisdom, the world through its intellect could not connect with God, could not know God. So here's the key. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached. What message? The message of the cross. It pleased God through the foolishness of preaching the message of the cross to save those who believe. Man, as smart as he is, the Bible says through his wisdom he couldn't know God. So God said, here's what I will do. I will use this foolish approach of preaching this seemingly foolish message of the cross to save anyone who wants to believe. It pleased God to the foolishness of the message of the cross being preached to save people. Paul faced the same challenge that you and I face today. The audience wanted something else. Just as we have today. You know, we were having a review meeting with our team, our camp team. And after that, I said, guys, and we did a survey. You know, what do, what do the people like? They like games. They like activities. I said, guys, we are here not to give them what they want. We are here to give them what they really need. What they want is all this stuff. What they really need is what they don't know they need. The word of God and the anointing of God. So don't look at this survey as to say, this is what we must do. Look at this survey to say, this is where our young people are. And that's where they shouldn't be. They had ought to go here. That's what the survey is going to tell us. The survey will not dictate to us what we feed them. We know what they need, even if they don't. Amen. Paul faced the same problem in his day. Why? Because the Jews, the Jewish people wanted signs. They were all about spectacular things, extraordinary things. The Greeks were intellectuals. They wanted the intellectual stuff. Paul said, what, what did Paul do? He, wasn't, he didn't care what the people asked for. Verse 22. The Jews request a sign. The Greeks seek after wisdom. What do we do? We don't appeal to them. We still preach Christ crucified. I don't change the message. I believe in being relevant. Those days we used to use thou and thee. This day we use you and dude. You know, it's okay. Be relevant. But the message you preach must not change. It's the message of the cross. The Jews want a sign. The Greeks want something that appeals to their mind. But what do we preach? We preach Christ crucified. To the Jews, it's a stumbling block. It's an offense. They find that message offensive. Don't talk to us about a Jewish carpenter being put upon a cross that that is going to save the world. Don't tell us about that. It's offensive. To the Greeks, it's foolishness. What do you mean? Somebody dying on the cross will rescue entire mankind, can transform our life. It's foolishness. But what did Paul say? We still preach Christ crucified. We still proclaim the message of the cross. 
Unfortunately, across the world, churches and pulpits are changing the message according to the demands of the people. And I want to tell you that you and I have to be a people who will stay faithful to the word of God. That we will not change what we preach just because the people want something else. Our message is the cross of Christ is the power of God unto salvation and nothing else. Amen. The Jews require a sign. The Greeks seek for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews, a stumbling block to the Greeks' foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This message of Christ crucified on the cross. This is a display of the wisdom of God, the brilliance of God. And this is a display of the awesome power of God. As we journey in this study, And look at the cross of Christ. Take a closer, closer look at the cross of Christ. You will find that everything you need comes through the cross of Jesus. You need to look nowhere else. Because this cross of Jesus is a display of the wisdom of God. Every question you ever had is answered on the cross. Every question you would ever ask is answered on the cross. This cross of Christ is a display of the power of God. Every need in your life for life-changing transformation is available Through the power of God, through the cross of Jesus Christ. This cross is the answer. This message of the cross is what Paul said we preach. In fact, this is the whole purpose of the incarnation. In Philippians chapter 2, again a very familiar passage. Why did Jesus come? Now, Many people say Jesus came for this. He came to teach us good things. Sure, he came to teach us good things. Jesus came to show us how to live. Sure, he came to show us how to live. He came to show us that we must love one another. So we must love one another. But that was not the end purpose. That was not his primary assignment. His primary assignment was the cross. Because if Jesus taught all that he did, and he he communicated all that he communicated, but he did not go to the cross, you and I will be still dead in our sins. We could love each other no limits. We could, have, we could try to foster peace between each other to no ends, but we'll all end up in hell without the cross of Jesus Christ. So this was the very purpose of the incarnation. Philippians 2, 5 through 11 says this, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, counted it not robbery to be equal with God, didn't hold on to it as something to be grasped, but he humbled himself, became a man, and became obedient to the point of death. That was the whole purpose of the incarnation, the death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. While Jesus preached and taught many wonderful things, he made it a point to repeat to people that the reason he came was to go to the cross. Time and time again he said the Son of Man must be delivered up to the hands of the people and they will crucify him and nail him to the cross. He repeated it. That's my assignment. I'm going towards that. Jesus had many opportunities to evade the cross. The devil, not knowing what he was doing really, came to Jesus and said, you know, all the kingdoms of this world I will give to you, you just have to worship me. That was an easy shortcut. Get everything back. But no, Jesus had to go to the cross. Sometimes his closest disciples, because they didn't really understand what was happening, they tried to convince him not to go to the cross. You remember in Matthew 16, Jesus asked his disciples, whom do men say that I am? And they, you know, they replied very promptly, 
Times of India says you are John the Baptist. Deccan Herald is reporting that you are Elijah. And DNA doesn't really know. They are probably telling you one of the, the, the former prophets back to life. So Jesus, whom do you say that I am? And Peter, by revelation, before he can, his mind can really process it, blurts out as he normally does. You are Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus, that's right, Peter. It didn't come through learning. It came through the Father. But a few moments right after that in Matthew 16, you find Jesus telling his disciples, you know, I have to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be killed. But three days later, I will arise. And Peter says, no, that will not happen to you. As long as I am with you, it's not going to happen. How does Jesus handle it? He turns around and says, get thee behind me, Satan. Because you don't love the things of God, but the things of man. In other words, not even my disciples can keep me from this. I've got to go to the cross. In the Garden of Gethsemane, hours before the actual event, Jesus said in Matthew 26, My soul is sorrowful to the point of death. I mean, we've all gone through emotional pain, but this was it. He was so much pain, emotional pain. My soul is sorrowful, heavy. I'm about to die. What did he do? He prayed and he said, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass for me. But if I have to drink it, I'll drink it. Not my will, but your be done. He yielded to the death on the cross. On the cross, he could have escaped. The soldiers were mocking him and they said, if you're really the son of God, come down. Some of us may have been so tempted to come down and just prove a point to them, you know. He could have done it because legions of angels were waiting to deliver him. But he said, no, I've got to stay here. This was the reason I came. What you and I must understand is that the cross of Christ was not an afterthought in the mind of God. It was pre-planned even before creation of this world. In Revelation 13, 8 and also in 1 Peter 1, 20, the Bible tells us that Jesus was a lamb of God slain from the foundation, or Peter says, from before the foundation of the world. Just try to picture this, and I'm using my imagination at this time. It's not in the Bible. Even before God created the earth and put man on it. Our triune God, Father, God the Son, as we know Him today, and God the Holy Spirit, are having a conversation. And this is my imagination at work. Don't quote chapter and verse. And they're saying, we're going to create man. And God's foreknowledge sees everything is going to happen. Adam and Eve are going to sin, and the whole human race is going to plunge into depravity and sin and pain and turmoil and and they see everything that's going to happen and the wisdom of God says there's only one way to redeem one of us must go down become one of them and must hang on a cross upon a mount called Golgotha and only then this human race will be redeemed do we still want to go ahead with the creation of the world and the creation of the human race do we still want to do it? And God the Son says, yeah, I'll go. And even before the foundation of the world, He was the Lamb of God. It tells you and me something of how valuable you and I are to God. He knew it even before He created the world, that He would have to come as a man, live a humiliating life, in a sin-sick world. 
die a humiliating death on Golgotha. And he still said, I'll do it. Let's create them. Because I want him. I want him. I want her. I want her in my family. Let's go ahead. That's how valuable you are to the family of God. He knew it ahead of time that the cross would have to happen. And he still went ahead with it. The Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. Don't let anybody cause you to question your worth. In the world, you may be considered foolish, worthless, nothing. But not so in the eyes of God. You're worth everything to Him. Amen. In the second chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 2 verses 7 and 8. He says, For we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Talking about the cross of Jesus and the message of the cross. For we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers, verse 8, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. What is Paul saying? And he's talking about the message of the cross. And he's saying, you know, this message of the cross is the wisdom of God that was kept as a mystery. And it was the hidden wisdom. But today, in the church, it has been made plain and it is for our glory. It's for our benefits. And the reason it was kept as a mystery the reason it was kept as hidden wisdom or as, as a secret was because he says in verse 8, had the rulers of this age, had the powers of darkness known about it, they would not have allowed the cross to happen. Because through that cross, the human race has been saved and transformed. So just think about this. In the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, God says to Adam and Eve and the serpent, the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. The devil must have thought, seed of the woman. Is it Cain? Is it Abel? Who is it? You know. And then he saw the descendants come in. He didn't understand. Adam and Eve didn't understand. It was the wisdom of God in a mystery. Hidden wisdom. Right after the Adam and Eve formed the, their tunic of fig leaves. God comes by and he hands Adam a leather coat and evil leather coat and Adam puts it on and says God this, this fits real good thank you it's much better than my fig leaves but Adam didn't know this was hidden wisdom this was the wisdom of God and a mystery a hidden wisdom Cain and Abel bring their sacrifice to God and it's very likely that fire came out of heaven and fell on Abel's sacrifice as a sign that God accepted his and Abel was waiting for a fire to come. Nothing happened and he got really upset with God. Nothing to be upset about, Cain. This is the wisdom of God in a mystery. It's hidden wisdom. God dropping a secret that he accepts the sacrifice of a lamb but refuses the sacrifice of man's efforts. 
Abraham, come, take your son, your only son, up to the Mount Moriah and offer him as a sacrifice. And Abraham takes his son very obediently. He goes up there, the father of our faith. He walks up to the mount, ready to put his knife through his only son. God says, wait, don't do it. There's a lamb that will take his place. Because my name is Jehovah Jireh. I will provide the lamb for sacrifice. It's the wisdom of God in a mystery, hidden wisdom. Abraham didn't understand it. Moses is getting ready to deliver the people out of, out of Egypt. That night has come. God says, this is the night. You're going to bring them out, Moses. But here's what I want you to do. Take a lamb, cut it. Tell every house, take a lamb, kill it. Take the blood of a lamb, apply it on the doorposts of the house. And this night, they will have deliverance. So everyone, every Jewish home does that faithfully. They put the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of their house. That night, God protects them. And the Egyptians give them their gold and their silver. And there's a great deliverance. I wonder what they may have been thinking. God, can we do it again? One more night, God. We'll just get some more gold and silver. They didn't understand. That was the wisdom of God in a mystery. Hidden wisdom. Moses walking through the wilderness. The people are thirsty. God says, Moses, strike the rock. Moses strikes a rock, water gushes forth, the people drink, they're happy. They don't realize that is the wisdom of God in a mystery, hidden wisdom. People are bitten by snakes in the wilderness, they cry out for help. God says, Moses, make a serpent of brass, put it on a pole, run it through the camp. Whoever looks on it will be saved, they'll be healed, they will not die by the serpent bite. Moses does it. The people respond. They don't realize that is the wisdom of God in a mystery. It's hidden wisdom. God institutes the lamb animal sacrifices. He says on the day of atonement, the high priest takes the blood of the animal, gets into the holiest place, sprinkles the blood. If he does that, the sins of the people will be covered. They do it year after year after year as a ritual, but they do not realize that is the hidden wisdom. It's a mystery of God. Isaiah stands up and says in Isaiah 53, he prophesies, Behold, my servant, he will grow up among them as a tender plant, as a, as a shoot among dry ground. There is no form or comeliness that we should desire him. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own sinful way. But the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And he goes on and on in Isaiah 53. Whether he understood it or not, nobody knows. Other people read it and they say, what did he mean? Is he talking about himself or somebody else? That's the mystery of God. The hidden wisdom. And the powers of darkness could never understand all these clues. Until the church was born. Christ died on the cross. He was buried. He rose up again. The church was born. And boom, all these clues come alive. Whoa, in the garden, God dropped the clue when he said, The seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. Whoa, when he gave Adam and Eve those leather jackets, God was saying, He only accepts a covering that is through the sacrifice of an animal. Whoa, when he accepted Abel's sacrifice, God was dropping another clue. It's only the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Oh, when Moses struck the rock, he was showing that Christ will be struck and the water life that comes out of him will bring our deliverance. Whoa, that serpent, Jesus said, as Moses raised up the serpent, so also the Son of Man must be raised up. Now the clues come alive. Hidden wisdom. Secret kept. 
for our glory. Meaning today you and I, the church, have no reason not to understand the full meaning of the cross. For the people on the other side of the cross, prior to the cross, it was hidden. You can't blame them if they didn't understand the cross. But today, the church, on the other side of the cross, for us there is no reason not to understand because all of that was kept just for our glory, our benefit. And if you choose not to walk in the benefit of the cross, it's your choice. But God says, I've made it plain. This cross is the power of God for you. Amen. The gospel is the message of the cross. In 1 Corinthians 1, back in chapter 1, verse 17 and 18, Paul says, Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross. Paul said, I have to preach the gospel. What is the gospel? It's the message of the cross. Amen. I mentioned it at the beginning and I'm just repeating it. The gospel is the message of the cross. The early church preached the message of the cross. Peter's very first sermon, what did he preach? And Acts 2, Christ was crucified, buried, he rose up again. And Acts chapter 3, when the lame man was healed, Acts 4, when the lame man was healed, what did Peter preach? He said, Christ whom you crucified was buried, God raised him from the dead, and because of that, this man is healed. When the disciples were persecuted in Acts 5, what did they do? They preached the message of the cross. The very first message to the Gentile world in Acts 10, what was the message? Peter preached, Christ died for our sins, rose up again. If you believe, you'll be saved. Paul, on his first missionary journey, what did he go preaching? Acts 13, the message of the cross. What must the church preach today? The message of the cross. Amen. 1 Corinthians 2, I'll just read it out and won't spend time, much time on it. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1 through 5. Paul writes, he says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul says, you know, when I came to you guys preaching, I didn't come to you with nice sounding words, great articulation. That was not my focus. What was his focus? Verse 2. I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Can we find some preachers today who will have the same heart that Paul had? It's so sad to see in the church world across the world that preachers have now compromised on their preaching. Bringing out messages that appeal to the ears of people and have gone so far away from preaching the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. Why? So you can have bigger congregations. People will love you as a preacher. You'll have a great fan following on Twitter and a great audience on Facebook because you give them nice Motivational sounding, motivational messages every day. Where is the message of the cross? Paul said, I come to you not preaching, articulating great words. I come to you with one thing. 
I want to preach to you Jesus Christ and Him crucified. What has happened to the church today? Crowds of people flock to men and women who got great messages that are nothing more than psychology. No mention of the cross. They and their audience will end up in hell. Because there's only one thing that saves. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. So why are you preaching so hard on this? Because the church needs to hear it. We need to understand that the cross of Jesus must remain central to what we believe and to what we preach. Nothing else can save us. I believe in great music. But great music will never save a person. I believe in having good organization, but good organization will never take a soul to heaven. I believe in great administration, but great administration can never set a person free from his sins. I believe in having all the tools that we can use, and we use them. But I want you to know there's only one thing that saves a soul. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. The day we replace the message of the cross with some of our own abilities, whether it be music or talent or intellectualism or psychology, we have deviated from the central message of the Bible. We've gone away from our faith. And God help us if we'll make it to heaven. I close with the words of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. Paul said in Romans 1, 14 through 16, he says, I am a debtor both to the Greeks... That is the intellectuals. And to the barbarians. That is the uneducated. To the wise and to the unwise. Paul says, you know, I owe these people a debt. What is the debt? He says, so as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel. So what is the debt he owes? The message of the cross, the gospel. To you who are in Rome also. Verse 16. For I am not ashamed. Of the gospel of Christ. What is the gospel? It is the message of the cross. And he says, I am not ashamed of the message of the cross. That God would become a man and die for us on the cross. Would be buried and rise up again. And all he asks of us is to have faith in the cross. And what he did on the cross. He says, I am not ashamed of the message of the cross. Why? Because it is the power of God for salvation. There's only one thing that brings salvation. It is the message of the cross of Jesus. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes to the Jew first and for the Greek. Paul says, if you're a Jew, I have a message for you. If you're a Greek, I have a message for you. If you're educated, I have a message for you. If you're uneducated, I have a message for you. If you're wise and intellectual, I have a message for you. If you're unwise and unlearned, I have a message for you. For all of you, there's only one message. The message of the cross. Today the world, or the church I should say, wants to appeal to the intellectuals. Let's give them a complicated message. So we try to appeal to the minds of man. Paul didn't do that. He said to the wise, I have one message. It's the gospel. 
To the poor, we try to take a different approach. We say, you know, let's do this and that and for them. Paul didn't do that. He said, for the poor, I have, to the unwise, to the unlearned, I have one message, it's the gospel. Why? Because it is this gospel, which is the power of God for salvation to those who would believe. Nothing else can save. So, I'm not ashamed. Two things. One, as a believer, understand that everything you and I need has been made possible to the cross of Christ. Look nowhere else. What is your need? The power of God is made available to us through the cross of Jesus. You will find your answer in the cross. Amen? And as a believer, I want to challenge you and me. Let's stay true to the message of the cross. I am not ashamed of the gospel, the message of the cross. What's the use if I tell my friend every nice thing about church? He still won't get saved. Because it's not the, what you talk about the church that saves him. It's the message of the cross. What's the use if I'm nice to my friend and, and treat him great? I mean, it's good to do it. Do it. It's human to do it. But that will not save him. He needs the message of the cross. So church, understand the world needs the message of the cross. I am a debtor. Paul said, I owe every man something. What is it? The gospel of Jesus Christ. I owe it to them. Amen. This morning, I just wanted to emphasize the centrality of the cross of Christ to what we believe, to what we want to receive from God, for where we must go. That's one place, the only place. Let us as a church, as an individual, as individuals, never, never, never deviate from the message of the cross. Never think that anything else could meet our needs. As we will discover in the weeks to come as we continue our study on this. That God has made all provision at the cross. What is Christianity all about? It's about Jesus on the cross. He died for our sins, was buried and rose up again. That's it. The cross is where you and I need to look at. You're just standing here this morning. I want us to understand the church is not your answer. The pastor is not your answer. Your friends are not your answer. It's Jesus the one who died for us on the cross, he is the answer. Would you look to the cross this morning? Sins are forgiven at the cross. Sicknesses are healed at the cross. Bondages are broken. Broken people are made whole at the cross. We preach Christ and Him crucified. For God sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with words of wisdom, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. 
For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. This message of the cross is the power of God. It is everything you need for your healing, your deliverance, your salvation, your wholeness, for your life-changing transformation. This is the message. It's the power of God available to you and me. Will you look to Jesus Christ this morning, the one who died for us on the cross? If you're not sure that your sins are forgiven, if you are troubled by the shame and the pain and the guilt of the things you've done, there's answer at the cross. Jesus Christ forgives the sins of everyone who believes in Him. Would you look to the cross? For some of us, we've been believers for a long, long, long time. But we have been so ashamed of the message of the cross. When somebody asks us, are you a Christian? Your first response is, I go to all people's church. Telling them you go to all people's church is not going to save them. You need to tell them, yes, I believe in Jesus. You need to make sure they hear the message of the cross. Would you this morning get rid of the shame and take a stand that you will not be ashamed of the gospel, the message of the cross because you know it is the power of God. The devil is afraid of one message. It's the message of the cross because that's the place where he faced his ultimate defeat. He wouldn't mind you talking about anything else. In fact, he'll be so glad you talk about all the nice things. But there's one message the devil doesn't like you talking about. It's the cross. So now you know why so many of us feel intimidated, feel ashamed, feel shy to talk about the cross. Get rid of it. Let's get rid of it. Let's be like Paul. I am not ashamed of the gospel. The message of the cross because it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who would dare to believe in it. Father, this morning, I ask that you will stir up in our hearts a heavenly, a holy focus on what really matters, God. Get rid of our blinders and distractions. That we will zero in on the message of the cross and not be ashamed of it. Hear every prayer today, O oh God. anyone here 
You've never given your heart to Jesus. You've never purposed to believe in what Jesus did for you on the cross. I want to encourage you to do that this morning. Say, yes, God, my hope and my faith, my belief is in the cross of Jesus and what he did for me. And only because of that, I will be saved. Just wanting to follow me in a simple prayer to express that faith, that the decision that you want to make to believe in the cross of Jesus, to believe in Jesus Christ, who died for you and me on the cross. Just follow, follow me in the simple prayer. Just say something like this, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins on the cross. That you were buried and you rose up again. Thank you for what you did for me on the cross. Forgive my sins. Come and be the Lord of my life. And help me to follow you all my days. In the name of Jesus, I pray. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.